Welcome to this episode of the Silver Screen Podcast. That clip you just heard was from the new film Edge of Tomorrow, which is a science fiction movie starring Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt, directed by Doug Weeman, and is adapted uh, based on a Japanese novel, All You Need Is Kill. And this is a very, very good movie. I'm going to delve into some reasons for that here in just a minute. But first, give you a little bit more of a background on the movie. Um, It's being compared to Groundhog Day, which is somewhat accurate, but also somewhat not. Um, Mainly what happens is Tom Cruise is reliving the same day over and over and over again because he is attacked by one of these characters called a mimic. And a mimic feeds something into his blood that allows him to relive the same day over and over and over again. Well, he meets Emily Blunt and they are trying to save the world pretty much, or at least London where this movie is set, from the mimics. And that is the whole goal of this movie, trying to get to the center where the mimics are located and trying to destroy the epicenter, if you will of the mimics so that's your basic storyline for this movie just a basic science fiction action adventure film but it's a little bit more than that as well now the characters in this movie tom cruise plays major william cage who is the one that is repeating the same day over and over again emily blunt says sergeant rita vertasky also bill paxton is in this movie as master sergeant farrell brennan gleason plays general brigham and then you have a bunch of supporting characters as well now things i liked about this movie are the actual characters of the film. Tom Cruise, this is one of the best movies I've seen him in in quite a while. Probably uh, The Last Mission Impossible was the best thing he's done since Edge of Tomorrow, I felt like, just in the movies that I've seen with Tom Cruise in him. And I really liked his character in this movie of Major William Cage. He's smart, but he's also funny in the film because he is replaying the same day over and over again. He can use that to his advantage sometimes, and sometimes he uses that to his advantage for humor, which is really funny in this movie. And one thing that I didn't expect going into it, that it was going to have so much humor, but it has a nice laugh here and there as you're watching the film. Also, Emily Blunt does a great job as Sergeant Rita Vertasky. She is in great shape in this movie, as is Tom Cruise. And normally, Tom Cruise does his own stunts for his for his films that he's in. And he did so in this movie as well. And he and Emily Blunt wear these battle suits in the movie. But to do the stunts for the film, they wore heavy metal suits. And Emily Blunt trained for three months for her role. And USA Today reported that she focused on everything from weights to sprints to yoga and gymnastics. And And she said of her role, quote, in these male-fueled genres, it's usually the woman who's holding the hand of the guy and he's running through explosions leading her. And I wanted to be doing the leading. This was the extreme idea of what I'd ever thought I'd want to do. And that's the end of her quote. And that is definitely true for this film. Emily Blunt is the leader. She is leading Tom Cruise through the battlefield. She's been there before. She's experienced it. She knows what is going on. And Tom Cruise is the inexperienced one in this film, 
early on in the film, you learn that he's just really an officer for media relations, and he's never been out in the field before. So Emily Blunt has to really lead him and guide him, and that's somewhat of a different role reversal. As she's talking about here in this USA Today interview, normally it's the man that is leading everybody, and especially normally the very attractive woman through these dangerous situations and it's so romantic and the man is just so strong and it's oh yes and no that doesn't happen in this film because Emily Blunt pretty much saves Tom Cruise from from dying quite a few times so that props to her for being able to play that role props to the makers of the film for trying to take on that role as that's a hard thing to do and they pull it off very well in this movie also some other things that I liked is the story made sense even though they are repeating the same day over and over again and each day probably um, each repeat repeating instance of the day probably lasts about 10 to 15 minutes sometimes it's longer sometimes it's shorter just depending on where they are in the story but that really made sense because they paid attention to detail they didn't change anything they made sure that when they filmed each iteration of the day that the same things happened which is something that you really have to pay attention to when you make a movie like this another movie that this reminds me of is source code in which jake gyllenhaal relives the same eight minutes i believe it's eight minutes um uh, pretty much like all throughout the movie and there's different iterations of those eight minutes that happen. This is pretty much what this does in this movie as well. Also, another movie that kind of does this is Vantage Point, where uh, someone is assassinated, and there's like eight different characters, and they all see it from a different vantage point, and it repeats every single time. So this is really what's focusing on in this movie as well, and they do a good job making sure that they stay true to what happened the first time you see the day to what happened the last time you see the day. And eventually, you kind of know what's coming, and they get a little bit further in the day of each iteration, but it still works very well, and also it's still funny in some parts also. Also, the uh, time-traveling uh, element of this film, as far as repeating the days, worked very well also. Um, there were some rules that they set up early on, and also as you go throughout the movie, all the rules make sense. They fit into the context of the story, and it's not so far-fetched that it couldn't happen. Now, obviously, this isn't going to happen to a real person, but if it did you would have to agree that this movie makes it seem pretty believable. And they do a very nice job of giving you the rules, making sure they're simple enough that you understand them, and then realizing why certain things are happening and why certain things also can't happen because of the rules. Another movie that does this very, very well, but is a little bit more complicated and is one of my favorite movies of all time is the Christopher Nolan film Inception. That's more of a level-based movie where they delve deeper into levels, but they also have rules that are set up in that movie. They they stick to the rules, they follow them very well, and because of that, the story makes sense, and Edge of Tomorrow, to a degree, does that same thing. Also, this movie is paced very nicely. The running time is excellent for this film. There's no point in the movie where you're like, oh, let's go, come on, something happened already. No, because it's pretty much going from the get-go. It takes about 10-15 minutes to get into the actual story, but then once it does, it's non-stop from there to the end of the film. Everything is keeping you engaged. You're watching the screen. You're trying to figure out what's going to happen next. How much does Tom Cruise know? How much does Emily Blunt know? How the people around them know? All of that stuff. And it's really keeping you interested. And that is one thing that I have said when I've done reviews about these two movies. But Godzilla and also X-Men Days of Future Past, I did not feel did that extremely well. X-Men Days of Future Past did it better than Godzilla. But in Godzilla, there were just these sequences where nothing is going on. And because there's no character development, it doesn't relate to anything. And it's just like a time filler. 
and it's annoying. And that doesn't happen in Edge of Tomorrow. It moves along very nicely. You're like, wow, this is already over, and it was a great movie, and it did a nice job of using the time that it had effectively. Um, some things I didn't like, there wasn't very much about this movie. I really, really liked this movie. It's one of my favorite films that I've seen this year, along with The Fault in the Star, Fault in Our Stars, which was what I did for the last review. Those have been two of my favorite films that I've seen this year, and I've already seen a decent amount of movies, but those have been two of the front-running favorites. Um, the only thing that I didn't like is it could have used some more character development, mainly between Tom Cruise's character and Emily Blunt's character. Now, I understand that they don't know each other when this movie starts, and it's very difficult to try and get to know each other when you're just replaying the same day over and over again. But if we had about an extra 10 or 15 minutes in the movie, we could have learned a little bit of backstory about the characters. We could have seen where they were coming from, why they were in the situations they're in, which you don't know at all. You don't know why Emily Blunt is in this army, and you don't know why Tom Cruise is also in the military as well. You don't know how they got there at all, or you don't know what their backstory is. So it would have been nice just to see a little bit of that kind of like what I'm relating this to in this sense is the movie Gravity with Sandra Bullock and George Clooney because in that movie it's moving very fast and you're going through things very quickly because it's a very short movie but there's also enough backstory in that movie that you feel for the characters and you know why they're in the situations that they are in why they're in space why they're astronauts and in Edge of Tomorrow you don't really feel that but other than that this movie is excellent so I'm going to give it an A+. Now, I've handed out A-pluses in both of my last two reviews, and if you're new to this podcast, you're probably thinking that, man, he really rates movies highly. That is not the case. It's just that these two movies have been excellent. They're some of my favorites that I've seen so far this year, and that is why this film gets the A-plus rating. Also, a little caveat about this film. See it in IMAX 3D if you can. That's what I did. I saw it on a Monday morning. There was like 10 other people in the theater. It was an excellent time to go see the movie. And if you can see it in IMAX 3D, because the 3D real adds to the movie. Also, IMAX adds to the movie as well. It's very clear. Now, none of the movie was shot on IMAX cameras, so it's not going to fill up your whole IMAX screen wherever you go see it at, but it does add an element to the movie, and it is a good movie to go see in IMAX and also 3D if you can do it at one of the cheaper showings, I would say. It's not one that necessarily has to be seen in 3D, but it does add something, and the 3D in this movie is very well done, that it's not blurry and it's not used for gimmicky purposes, but it just adds a little bit to the story, adds a little bit of depth, so that's really a nice thing. Um, And also on this podcast, normally I talk about Oscar nominations. For this film, I'm not really sure. It's a great science fiction movie, but really, realistically, besides last year with Gravity, how many science fiction movies have you actually seen that get nominated for Best Picture and also win Best Picture, even though Gravity was nominated last year, 12 Years a Slave won, and it's been on a sort of historical run for the last couple of years, the Academy really liking those historical true story films, and this is not that. So I don't see this getting any Oscar nominations. It could get some loves at the Golden Globes. Who knows? Um, you just have to wait and see on that. It's really too early to tell, and we'll probably revisit that later on when we get closer to awards season. As a reminder, you can follow the Silver Screen Podcast on Twitter at the SS Podcast. Yes, that's at the, the word the, then the letter S, and then S again, and then podcast. You can also like us on Facebook. Just search the Silver Screen Podcast, and the page should pop up. 
up. And you can listen in other places as well. You can listen on Stitcher Radio and also the TuneIn app on your phone, also in the Zune Marketplace, and of course on the mighty iTunes as well. But the first place to get it is is by liking the Silver Screen Podcast on Facebook and also following us on Twitter. Next time on the Silver Screen Podcast, I will probably review the new Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill film, 22 Jump Street, which is the sequel to 21 Jump Street. I just watched 21 Jump Street for the first time the other day, and I really, really liked it. So I am looking forward to seeing the sequel. And some early reviews are saying that the sequel is already better than the original. So that is next time on the Silver Screen Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Silver Screen Podcast.